0: So, one of the phrases you might notice in the chanting, the mass of suffering, dukkha khandasa, <laughs> the mass, kind of this word, mass, khanda, stuck together, heap, uh, seems so impenetrable, solid mass. Uh, and there's also word khanda refers to also what is called the five khanda, or the The mass stuck together seems to be me, and this can. And one of the uh, themes of wisdom practice is to begin to recognize this mass actually isn't a mass. It's like a weave, or like a net. A lot of space in a net, yet that net can hold things. But actually, most of a net is space, isn't it? So when the Buddha talks about the five kanda, he's referring to particular uh, ways in which, which citta, mind, heart, awareness, experiences. Uh, uh, what it experiences, reality. As a side note, um, this word citta, uh, mind or heart, and there are two... Two words that are prominently used for mind. One is mano or manas, mano vinyana, mind consciousness, which is a, a quality or an action that concocts descriptions, thoughts. It scans all the senses and says that's an apple, that's a car. So it derives a perception out of visual reality or tactile reality. Yeah? That action is that quality, or that is called manas, or <coughs> manovinyana, mind consciousness. So then the consciousness is the experience of something, is a channel which presents sights. Visual consciousness presents sights. Tactile consciousness presents touch, right? <laughs> or Olfactory consciousness presents smells, odors, fragrances, right? The six consciousnesses. And mind consciousness presents a huge, dazzling array. The, what it presents are perceptions, impressions. That's Susan, that's the tree, that's, you know, that's sport, that's fun, whatever. It presents these impressions. It looks at, surveys the experience and gives you a a meaning of some kind mm-hmm. and that goes on the sensory level then it's the emotional level that's really comfortable that makes me feel happy she's a nice person emotional significance yeah and also it goes into even very sublime states you know qualities that we sense are oh, this is a sense of gladness Oh yeah, that experience I'm having is called gladness or compassion or sorrow. Mm. And then of course it goes into even more refined qualities mm. based upon that. These are all perceptions. Mm. So why I'm talking about that, go on a side track if you like, is, this is these are aspects of consciousness. Mind consciousness is the supreme for us humans. We live in a world of mind consciousness, with things like dates, calendars, times, money, wages, futures, pasts, opinions, views, doctrines, religions, theories—a whole gamut of stuff. We live in. We live really in a mental domain, a mind-body, if you like. Yeah. Mm. But then this consciousness is seen as one of these five heaps because it does become very dense. It weighs on us, particularly our mental consciousness with what it can present. The amount of stuff you can find yourself flooded with, it becomes really a mass. And the Buddha says, well, actually, when you kind of look right into that, you recognize for a start there are six consciousnesses that are stuck together. And when you contemplate, you see actually a sight, is nothing like a touch at all. And if you look at an apple, that's nothing like tasting it. In fact, you could be deceived. You could look at something, it looks like a nice juicy apple, it's actually made of plastic. (laughs) So the consciousnesses don't really add up. (laughs) It's It's a kind of... They're all presentations, yeah? What does add up, what is the real point, feeling. Yeah. This gives rise to agreeable feeling, this gives rise to unpleasant feeling. Everything eventually comes down to that. And that experience of feeling, right... What does it mean to feel something? I mean, it sounds like I'm a three year old. <laughs> feeling something is feeling it. <laughs> so, what, what? tell me, what, what is that? What happens when you feel something? <laughs> something moves, doesn't it? Yeah? That, oh, oh. Something changes. Oh, that's called energy. Something changes. If it didn't change, it would be dead. But because it changes, it's alive, it's alive, it's got some vitality in it. So we rise up eagerly with pleasure. Energy rises, draws back with displeasure, tries to retract. What is it's experiencing feeling? Feeling is another aggregate, because it's not just one feeling. There's a whole mass of them. Feeling based upon sight, sound, so forth. But actually, it comes down to it, you look at it very fully and clearly, you recognize actually only, there are only two bases of feeling tactile, because you immediately get that hit, something touches you, and mental, something strikes your heart, chitta. The chitta is the other word that's translated as mind, and I generally try to differentiate heart from mind. Heart's the best you can do in a simple English word, that which is affected, that which receives feeling. As it receives feeling it it just resonates, sometimes it shakes, sometimes it jumps, sometimes it hardens and retracts, bristles, it responds to feeling. It responds to feeling. If feeling touches it, it moves. And there are different bases of feeling, but it fundamentally pleasant, unpleasant, and undetermined, neutral. And that's coming in through the body. We get because the body receives feeling also. And you get his reflex twitches in the body, or it hardens up when it feels discomfort. It relaxes when it feels pleasure, involuntary. And you get mental feeling, which is the dominant one. You know, the most of our day, the body is just, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> and as we know, you know, you switch on some music, something, you don't, feel, you don't really notice what's happening in your body. Because the mental feeling trumps it, overrides it. Feeling great, feeling happy, because yeah, because my team won, my football team won. I'm feeling great, happy. Uh, you know, you look at how did that happen? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs> to make that that. Make something so abstract as a group of people you don't know playing a country you don't know against other people you don't know in a game you don't participate in (laughs) to make you, to make something in you move. (laughs) Directly. That's (laughs) jitta. The mind says, mine, mine, the ones I love, the ones I support. Bit of attachment, yeah. and then success. Ah, that meaning touches the heart. Heart jumps up. Yeah, um, you know, you think, "Wow, is this crazy, <laughs> or is this extremely uh, problematic?" As we see, you know, people can get attached to various entities, uh, attitudes, colours, uh, colour uh, aesthetics. Uh, that's a very nicely decorated room, I feel happy, you yeah. just through paint and curtains. <laughs> we can easily get seduced, politicians give us some smile and a cheery slogan, we think oh, she's great, i over vote for her. Yeah. 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 the feeling is what moves us not logic. Feelings what moves us. So yeah. And when it when it we moved what is then that's the experience called sankara being moved. Something moves. That's the experience called Sankara, which is uh, translated in a number of ways. It's one of those elusive words that don't really cross over very well into English. I call it sometimes formations, which is so bland, it's first almost useless, what's a formation? Uh, activations, because that's what it does. But actually... you get used to it, you find actually formations, though it's kind of neutral, is quite accurate as to what's happening. We get formed by our responses. I become an angry person. I become a supporter of this. I become a nationalist or republican or a communist or an atheist. I become something, I'm formed by what moves, inspires, terrifies me. My identity is shaped around my feeling, what happens, feeling drops, feeling arises, Sankaras arise, we get sankharad into an identity and uh, probably we might have two or three identities not just one you yeah, know i'm a loving father yeah i'm also a patriot yeah i'm also a keen fisherman yeah i'm also a you yeah, know whatever so you get oh sometimes you meet kind of mass murderers who are loving fathers <laughs> which one when well, you put him in jail which one do you put in jail <laughs> yeah. the, uh, this, uh, in the South African apartheid era they had a kind of a guy who was a colonel in one of these death squads of so the government had this secret death squad It would wipe out African nationalist people Dukok his name was De Kok. Every day, you know, he'd get to work, his kids would come by, give him a kiss, going to work today, oh, bye-bye, Daddy. This briefcase goes off to work, goes to his place, changes in his military fatigues, goes out, wipes out a few people, comes back home again, hello, Daddy, how are you? It's a busy day today. Yeah, I was a bit busy today. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's complex, isn't it? And yet, all of it comes down to being feeling, mu, sankara, identity. And that solidifies us. This is why it's called solidification. Yeah. Heaped by heaps. <laughs> because there's no such thing as a single feeling, so it's a heap of experiences. We say it's mental and physical, but it's also mental, based upon what's seen. Well, mind scans something and says, "That's beautiful, pleasant feeling." That's hideous, unpleasant feeling. Taste something, delicious. Next person tastes it. Ugh, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah. So, the whole range of this experience. why do why do we why does the buddha present this there you've got the five aggregates form something we see things in terms of forms if i look around the room what actually my eyes see is a sheet of colors changing colors what my mind sees is a group of people forms arise, because my mind recognizes these shapes, forms, rupa, within the visual field, and they're more important than the space, the background, the floor, they're all kind of, that's the people, which I see these shapes, I'm familiar with that shape, human being shape, (laughs) but that's not who you are, (laughs) is it? If so I look with my eyes, I can't see your backs. So I could very well say, well, there are people with no backs. It is two-dimensional objects. I imagine you all have livers and lungs, but that's new. I've got no way of recognising that. What you're experiencing, well, you're probably experiencing me, or something looking like me, with a shrine behind it. Yeah. Then you can have your impressions of that. Forms arise and forms are themselves illusory Mm. doesn't mean they don't form but the eye and the mind create them and we can all be very much deceived by form something looks attractive is actually dangerous something looks unpleasant is actually probably useful Mm can't trust people just by what they look like, very obvious, but yet that's what strikes us most immediately. So you have to kind of work with form, not be deceived by form, check it out. Form is an illusion. Feeling is a shift of energy that can be very deceptive. You feel happy because... You see a a face with a smile on it. Uh huh. You feel attracted because you see a plate with some colours on it. Be careful. Yeah, and anybody who's living in the lay world, be careful what you see on the internet. It's all wonderful there, (laughs) it's all convincing there, it's all concocted to excite, entice, arouse, it's all tripwires, smoke and mirrors, and yet it touches us because this system of perception and feeling. So we recognize these five khanda, form, feeling, perception, sankaras and consciousness as to be the mass that comes together, creates our world, and is bewildering, oppressive, enticing, alluring, weighs upon us, that is an illusion, a trick. And the heart gets tangled up in it, trying to find the sweet spot within all that. And when that doesn't happen, there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> the Buddha says, no, no, nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Just that it doesn't actually provide you with long-term satisfaction and comfort and ease. Not because you're not trying, but because it isn't that way, it never has been that way. But that which experiences feeling, there is a way out. Is that which experiences feeling, which gets perceptions dropped into it, which gets aroused, jitta. Feels. Jitta responds. Jitta responds is called Chitta Sankara. Mm. This is what creates karma, generates action. Body, speech, thought, mind, impression, action creates us, forms us into being something. Mm. That which does that can also stop doing that. they be dead no feeling no response not really not quiet like that but turning away from this conjuring trick into into itself something that may create questions in the mind what on earth is that so the untrained unpracticed inexperienced person will probably just feel this very confusing and impossible so it's okay we'll just start off looking at what you find really most authentic most accurate about what you feel and it's not going to come from sense contact which yeah you can derive all kinds of qualities from that but the most one you really accurate is where is your intimate innate well-being Says when I feel comfortable in myself when I feel free from regret I feel even worry that's what gives me the greatest long term it's not exciting but it's steady it's comfortable and when it comes down to it recognising all the pleasures in the sense world are transient however blazing they may seem at times I'll trade them for this because they're going to go What's going to always be left is the heart's own intimate presence. Heart that's not affected by fear, greed, regret, grudge, resentment, self criticism, yeah, despair. This is what the Buddha was teaching us. Mm the absence of certain kinds of oppressive feeling. This is go further. This is why this path, we say we begin, we must always remind ourselves of this. The sealer is not just to be a good girl and you'll get a sweetie or be a bad boy and you'll get punished. It's not just this simple carrot and stick thing. It's a sense of Free your mind, free your heart from regret, from deviousness, yeah, from greed and selfishness, from resentment and bitterness. No, you can, whatever anybody else does or says or what comes and goes, you can maintain freedom from harming others, deliberately harming others with your speech or your thought. You can do that. If you do that you feel, I am strong, and that's very good. I can refrain from just blind compulsion, when you do that you think, I am strong. And that is a very agreeable, subtle, but powerful feeling. It's not just a feeling, it's actually conducive to a skillful mind state skillful placing of the jitta. This is why feelings that arise are like markers. They're like markers for skillful mind states. So essentially even though feeling is what goads us and interests us and comforts us eventually it's not the feeling that counts so much as the basis of it and the feeling that's based upon skillful mind states may not be the most dazzling exciting experience in the world but it's steady and you can return to it time and time again it doesn't go away you don't have to buy it and it doesn't tell you lies So you say, oh, I'll go for that. Yeah. And then, so then, then you begin to come out of this net. Mm-hmm. So we say, mind state is actually a citta state. It's not a thought. It means the citta, you could say, our, well, again, how do you put it, but what we enter, use a colloquialism. What I enter into, where I'm standing, where I'm sitting. You know, colloquial language. If you could even say where I'm at. You know, what I take a stand on, where I abide, what I enter into. Mm. Mm. Live in there. Live in there and look at the world from there. Think, Not interested, not interested. Not bothered, not interested, not jumping up and down for that. <laughs> Once you get in those abidings, then you realize your sankharas begin to die down. You know, getting kind of rushes and off to this and that and the other. Things starts dies down. When that dies down, the formation changes. Yeah. You become a spacious person or a you kind of someone who's not really that fixed, mm. less intense, just more open. The Buddha says, uh, you know, a really developed person is a person of nothing. I think, what? <laughs> What's the so good about that? <laughs> you know, you say after forty years, I've finally become a complete nobody. <laughs> <laughs> In the Buddhist sense, oh, that's really that's really successful. <laughs> You're not sort of this kind of congealed heap of an identity. Just kind of just relieved. If you call it anything you like. It doesn't matter. And if we're free, released, open. Mm. This is possible. Mm. So in all this, then we say actually we see come down to jitta and the aggregates. And which feeling dominates? So it gives us a kind of a point reference point nice simple reference point Mm. all dhammas converge on feeling says the buddha everything that you really directly experience this is a definition of direct experience that which touches you that which gets you going (laughs) yeah that which impresses itself it's felt it's called direct experience It it means everything of that nature is called a Dhamma means that which is directly apprehended all of that has to enter that gate of feeling so you can get right there it says yeah all Dhammas converge on feeling they are dominated by mindfulness wisdom exerts authority over them they lead to liberation because when you hold them carefully you see actually it's, it's just nothing there apart from what my how my mind moves if the mind doesn't move the energy doesn't shift and jump around nothing's created <laughs> because everything's created out of that energy shift touch feeling jump yeah touch feeling jump the energy shift. That's how it's created. That's right. This the centre of the of the conjuring trick. It's just that. So if there isn't that jump, feeling may touch and dissolve. That's possible. It takes work practice. The theme is one of witnessing a feeling, or holding a feeling, or sensing a feeling, noticing how it's affecting, learning to relax the heart, so it doesn't jump. What supports that? Well, here we get back body again. Yeah. Said so there are two bases of feeling, the mind base and the body base. The mind of, creates feeling or generates feeling through touching the heart with perceptions that arouse it. body generates feeling through its own reactive system. And so they... You know, what you feel in your heart will affect your body, what you'll feel in your body doesn't necessarily affect your heart. What do I mean by this? I mean tactile feeling doesn't necessarily affect the chitta. Yeah. Say if you're absorbed in a movie or music you don't really notice, your feet are cold. Come to meditation hall, nothing to absorb into you just everything hurts. <laughs> it's cold, it's stiff, I'm damp, my shoulder hurts, my <laughs> why is that? Because we switched off. <laughs> wow, this body thing, I didn't realize how uncomfortable it was. <laughs> so you sit, you wriggle, you cushion, you sheet, you blanket, you <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and then eventually you get a sense of oh, wait a minute I just go right inside all this skin stuff the tactile impressions and write it down as I sense the, just the smooth outflow of my breathing that quality of releasing and brightening, that's, that's very pleasant tune into that and the rest of it just begins to fade out because your chitta's is tuned in to a different base of feeling, feeling of vitality, feeling of subtle energy, mm. not just tactile feeling, which is very generally not that agreeable. So in this way we have some options there. Yeah. Perception, my impressions of myself, how I'm doing. That's a perception. Start to measure ourselves. That gives rise to perception. Whatever you, yeah. sight, sounds, touches, mental ideas. Rise to perception. We have that possibility we also can feel what occurs tactile, we can direct ourselves towards the tactile impressions and you can direct yourself to the subtle inner body and you can direct yourself to heart inclinations the inclination towards loving kindness agreeable feeling pleasant feeling and then so you find these inner qualities, the inner quality of the heart, its own um, uh, uplifting, inspiring, gladdening, soothing uh, states that it enters into, give given a base of something agreeable, comfortable, manageable, accessible, takes you out or doesn't bring in the perceptual world of me what I should be what I'm not the world, people, job da 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 all that mass so well just spend some time in this one and see if you can begin to live in this domain and then look at the world again from a different place and you can make adjustments in your life that really suit where you want to abide you don't have to abide in a frantic building of always doing this, that and the other to make something work which never does okay I'll enter into something whereby I'll give up that I won't have that But I feel comfortable in myself. Mm. These are the kind of options we can begin to place in front of our attention and give wise consideration for everybody makes their own choices and their own forms, who they want to be, how they want to be, where they want, what they want to be in. that possibility. When you're really uh, oppressed with difficult thoughts, you can go to the tactile impressions and here, walking, uncomfortable. Sitting sitting body in meditation, if you work on it, you're getting to about, about as good as it's going to get, really, while staying awake. <laughs> if you work on it, so this balanced, least muscle necessary yeah, just make it so it's supposed to be a comfortable position where you feel very firmly connected to the ground supported by the ground yeah. and your breathing is open so you're getting this natural movement of vitality through the form so the inner vitality of the body begins to come to the fore and we're less involved with the physicality of it doesn't mean we're spaced out but that's kind of there but it's really not occupying center stage yeah. center stage is just this inner quality of brightness of energy or coolness of energy steadiness of energy and these are recommended as the Buddha's throwing us a line See, look, you can trust me I've done this test it for yourself I'm offering you this it's a you know, you're out in the sea, here's a, here's a rope. <laughs> and if your mind is kind of caught up with all kinds of negative moods and agitation and worry, here's, here's a rope, look. Just breathe in and breathe out and be with that. So then you, the feeling of that will actually calm the nervous system. You're less oppressed, less harried, less burdened. Mm-hmm. even just even walking tactile impressions external body when you're walking there's a theme to walk you say well how do you do this walking legs, feet, shoulders, hips walk like you're happy <laughs> walk like you're walking on a beach not caring the world see what your body does when it hasn't got to go somewhere it doesn't have to get it right, you know. These these are mental impressions. You yeah, know, so we we want to get a mental impression. What's the right way to do walking meditation? You give me the idea, I'll then get my body to do follow the idea. No, your body doesn't follow ideas. The body walks by itself. <laughs> And you want to say, okay, just body, just, just feel comfortable. And I want, just could you get the whole body to just be synchronized and flowing together, like you're a wave, just flowing along a path. And you'll begin to sense, oh, yeah, that's like that. And my shoulders are relaxed because I'm happy, I'm comfortable. There's no pressure to move forward, so instead of lunging forward, I'm just kind of coasting along, and it's one leg. Another the leg there's a kind of swing in my body oh yeah I see what you mean that way that then that left leg goes forward then the shoulder does kind of inch back a little you get that sense of the fluidities of it and the feet take them out of the dense footwear you can go barefoot or soft shoes so your feet when they roll over the earth you know, from the ball of the foot <coughs> to the toe the sole lightly stretches. And the feet like, they like doing that. <laughs> yeah. The heel, the rolling of the foot onto the, onto the ball, and the flick of the toes. That's, yeah. You don't see if you want to, know how to walk, do walking meditation, just watch a cat. <laughs> they, do, they do walking meditation perfectly. <laughs> It's kind of roll along, and you see the whole body is really in that walk. That's how you do it. But most of the time, we've been leading our body with our minds. Not really in a body at all. Not really understanding the body's intelligence or being led by it. We're led by our thoughts, our intentions, our ideas. Just, just, just the relief. And why is that? Because we want to get it right. Get it exactly right, so I know I'm doing the right thing. I understand that mood. That's called worry. And doubt. It's an unwholesome state. Very understandable, because when we get it right, we'll we'll feel... I've got it right. I don't want to be get it wrong, make a mistake. It's totally understandable. But remember, your body does it perfectly well. If you relax into it. And just to feel a little bit relaxed, away from this kind of right-wrong stuff that you've been learning since you were at school. You know? When you were a little toddler, and you managed to finally haul yourself up from the four legged to the two legged and take three steps before you fell over again. <laughs> did somebody say 10 out of 10, 6 out of 10? <laughs> 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 they just picked you up, set you down again, then you did it again. <laughs> There's no examination. And eventually, your body learned. Oh, you yeah, yeah. it got the muscles developed and the body changed its shape and it got able to do it. Uh, can we just go into that natural organic process and, and just relief? Not that walking is such a great thing, but just the relief from that mental pressure of getting it right, getting to the end, doing it properly. How long do I have to do this for? How many paces is 20 or 25, the best number, or 30, north-south north, direction, east-west direction? Oh. <laughs> you, know, just, you know, and that's where you get into the kind of meditation industry, where you've got all these kind of things, you, and you just come out of that, and then you begin to sense, actually, this body... Actually, isn't really a solid thing at all. Directly, it's a series of feelings and flows. That's what's being experienced. So if you take some training to, if with, with your body, your and the leader of it, really the really leading quality, it's not the physicality. Now. If you look at abstract, you say, yes, of course, you need muscles and bones. You're going to set of muscles and bones lying on the floor. They're not going to walk. <laughs> <laughs> what it takes is, is vitality gets it up, gets it going, doesn't it? Without that, no story. So that vitality, subtle energy, yeah. that's not a person, is it? that's not really an identity, is it? And it can change. Low, bright, but it's always there. As long as you're alive, it's always there. And also, you recognise when you tune into that, issues about state of your hair, total non-starter doesn't occur. They they abide in that body. And that body is the inner body that is also changeable, shifting and changing. But what it can do is it can provide the support. The chitta listens to that, the smoothness, the brightness, the fluidity, the absence of pressure. It listens into that. It picks up that theme and it begins to discard its worry, its fear, its compulsion, its endless chatter, and its self criticism, because it's listening to something else. That's very close, very intimate. Yeah. And, oh yeah, you cast off some of the weight of dukkha. body then leads in this respect so the jitta comes out of its days. it says you know, your intimate well-being is the most important thing this is going to support you in that your mind, if your chitta goes into an unwholesome state, pretty sure you'll feel it as tightness in the body or tangledness or imbalance. Suddenly energy rushing up into your head or your hands starting to knot or your stomach churning or losing your body altogether. It's getting lost in an idea. So if you lose that or it distorts, you'll know it if you tune into it. Mm. So it guides. When you get the guiding mark, the emitters, signs, the, the chitta begins to know, oh, something very important for wisdom, I can, I, can, I can let go. I can move out of my dense world without hating it or fighting it, just by tuning into another channel that's intimate not not you know to get it off the internet it's intimate <laughs> it's alive <laughs> it's free It's <laughs> something that's just there i'll go for this and also i'm casting begin to learn through that these abs- other oppressive forces can i can step out of it and that feels really good the cleanness, the clarity, the emptying, the discharge, the sense of taking your heavy weight off—that feels that feels good. So this is a very good mark of the right kind of feeling. And this quality of felt sense or feeling experience pertains all the way through. The Buddha says, for example, with the Attainment of right view is felt. There is a feeling associated with, with the, the entering of right view. There's a feeling attained with the losing it. There's a feeling that comes with right concentration. There's a feeling that comes with wrong concentration. There's a feeling that comes with any degree of, of liberation is felt. There's a moment when, ah, and the feeling is, ah, <laughs> like that, just, ah. Oh, weight off the back, burden off the heart. Yeah. Way, the feeling is just a marker for something that's very difficult to define in any other sense, because it's non-conceptual. So the feeling is the marker for something where the mind has no way of describing it, because it's beyond, beyond the mind's description capacity where the mind eventually just gives up. And that feels very good. So if we get down to some pragmatics on this uh, practice day, you have these possibilities. Buddha Dharma is a range of skillful means. It's like a big menu. And yet, uh, right in the centre of that is direct experience, intimate, direct, and what's felt. That's right. Right in the centre of it, that's that's the central nub of it. Yeah. And so, just start to operate with that theme in mind. How does the body get? So these qualities of fluidity and ease that help the mind to release its stuckness, its histories. Let's get into that. Can I walk that? Can I breathe that? Can I chant that? Can I bring up qualities of goodwill that help to loosen up the intensities of, of what one's living with? Can I qualities of faith uh, things, uh, beings who I admire, appreciate, feel grateful for, qualities of heart that lift up. Any of these can then be cultivated uh, to this aim to release the citta from its oppression. Mm. So let's take some time for direct experience.